Shelly. Hi, Pamela. It's been a while since we've been together. It has been a little bit. You've yeah, been seems off like. traveling. Yes. But before we get into stuff, I just want to say how grateful I am to our fans, to our followers. Yes. I got the coolest message from someone the other day. They actually quoted me on one of my PI tips of the day. They ended their message to me saying that we shouldn't go around hitting people on the head with bats. Oh, <laughs> And I was like, I oh my gosh, it. I got to tell you, that totally made that's, my that's day. Because <laughs> for them to remember that means they thought that was as funny as I did. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> it was so funny. If you haven't reviewed us and you love us, please take a second to do please, it. To, to rate please. us and review us. It's, uh-huh. It helps. It makes a big difference, it, yeah. That's fun. I swear, every time I start thinking like, oh man, like I'm ruffling some people's feathers by doing the podcast. There are some lawyers, because as you've heard, if you've been listening, I'm just telling it all. Uh And there are some uh people that are really not happy about me sharing everything. And I've I've gotten a couple messages from some unhappy customers. Yeah. (laughs) They're not customers. (laughs) They were... (laughs) But my clients are happy, but uh, some other yeah. people that I'm exposing out works have not been terribly excited about it. And so I actually start getting a little discouraged thinking, man, should I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm not kidding. Every time I get discouraged like that, then I get a message from one of our listeners saying like how much they love it. I got a message from one woman, Kim, that said, I love it so much. I'm addicted to it. I listen to all your episodes. I listen while I go walking. And sometimes I laugh so hard, I pee my pants. And I'm like, that is so awesome. <laughs> you say, listen, that's what happens to us. We have to mute. Yes. Because we get laughing yeah. so hard on some of them. <gasps> exactly. Welcome to our world. Right. Right, and exactly. Then, How fun. It is so fun. And I get so many compliments for you, Shelly, because oh seriously, I, it's heavy stuff. <laughs> it's heavy stuff. And you do such a great job of helping me keep it light. Oh my you gosh. Really, you really, really do. And I'm so grateful for you and your help with that. And uh, I got a, also another a message from a woman, Katrina. When I started the podcast, this was my goal. I wanted to enlighten people as to how the justice system is and that not all these people are bad guys that they're they've done bad things right but most people are really good and to entertain while we do that and i am not kidding you it was almost eerie the message that i got from her she said you enlighten us and entertain us all at the same time oh how cool those were exactly like the words that i had for my purpose my mission right right so it, it like it was really, really awesome. It, it moved me. Yeah. So thank you. I looked. We have listeners. Like 9% of our listeners are in Europe. What? Oh. <laughs> like, are you kidding? We need to go to Europe. Let's go. We need to go there. We absolutely do. We've got listeners in Australia. Oh, wow. China. Africa. What? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Like, I love it. How did a couple Utah girls get all over the world like that? I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It makes me so happy. Reach Share out. Let us know friends. where you're. Yeah. Yes. And people all across the U.S. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. It's so fun. So, That's yeah. Awesome. Shout out to all of you listeners, wherever you are. If you have a second, 
Hop on social media and send us a message or hop on the website and send me a message. Tell me where you're listening from. I I would love to hear how you heard about us. And yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, really Mm -hmm. fun stuff. So this episode. I have a couple of my grandkids that listen and it freaks them out sometimes because when they hear my voice, they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that's my grandma kind of a thing. Yeah, (laughs) it's fun. It's way fun. It is so fun. This without question is the most personal and intimate episode that I will share. It's going to be kind of long because I have to talk about his case first and the details of that case so that you really understand how I got to where I was when he sexually assaulted me and how that all happened. And parts of it are are a little bit graphic, so you may want to be careful about where you're listening to this one. So this episode, I've talked about it for a while and it took me... Ah, it took me a while to like build up to it to be able to to share this. It's this without question will be my most personal episode. Okay. This is about my case when I say my case when I was sexually assaulted by one of my clients. Okay. So I want the audience so, to know that I knew that this happened to you. Uh-huh. But I do not know any details. So I'm okay. hearing it for the first time also. So yeah, it's I'm, not really something I do like at a dinner conversation, yeah. like, hey, yeah. let me tell yeah. you about when this happened. tell you a story, yeah. But yeah. I've known about it for years that this happened to you, but I've never, ever heard the details. So I'm anxious yeah. to hear them, but my heart hurts already. So, all right, let's uh, get going. Yeah, thank you. And never, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would be the victim of one of my criminal clients. I'm True. strong. I'm a pretty powerful woman. Uh-huh. And I meet with clients that have been charged with murder, assault, mm-hmm. uh, like right. all kinds of heinous crimes. But I never, ever dreamed that I would be the target of any of their insanity. Okay. And because I'm the person that helps them. Right. And my client was in a lot of emotional distress and he had called me to tell me that he wanted to kill himself. And I've had a few of my clients that have done that. And so I took that very seriously and I agreed to meet him in a public place to help wait, him through so that. Wait, so he was, so wait, he's not in jail. Was he up he was on not charges? In jail. Uh, well, yeah, let me. Okay. So here's how I met him. I got a call okay. from Jack, the, the famous, infamous Jack. Okay. And it was a Friday afternoon and Jack called and said, hey, I have a new case and my client the witness on his case is willing to talk to the defense. Anytime that happens, Jack would send me out like, like almost like putting the bat signal up in the sky and I've got to hurry and jump in my Batmobile and head over there as quickly yeah. as I can. This, this doesn't happen very often, does it? If it doesn't witness... happen a lot. Okay. And, and sometimes people will change their minds. So like you just never know sure. what's going on. Sure. And so I want to hurry and interview them and record it just in case anything changes. So I get a call on a Friday afternoon from Jack saying, go, "Can you? this woman has agreed to talk to us. Please go talk to her, get her statement. That's about, really, at that time, that's almost all I knew. Okay. So, and she lived in a high-rise condo downtown, which is really about maybe a mile from my place. Okay. Downtown Salt Lake. So I call her, set up the appointment. I get to her house, and the condo is a secured building. So when I got there, I had to... Look through like the marquee, find her name and buzz so that she could buzz me in the first okay. secured door. 
and then to tell me which unit she lived in, what floor, and how to get there. So I get in, I get up to her place, knock on the door, and when she opens the door, I immediately notice that the door frame is broken. Oh. Because our client had broken into her home. That was one of the charges. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Breaking and entering was one of his charges. Okay. I did know that. I knew that he had a breaking and entering charge. And so these were not like huge, like first degree felony, assault, prison, like that. And and this guy had never had a charge before. So she invites me in and she has me sit down at her dining table. Were they like romantically involved? Are they siblings? Are they? Yep. They were romantically involved. Okay. I set my recorder down. We start talking. By this time... I was 35 years old and so was she. We were the exact same age. Oh, okay. And her name is Stephanie and she was like 5'7", 145 pounds, maybe 150. Long, dark, curly hair. Really pretty, thick, curly hair. Okay. Attractive woman and she was a doctor. Oh. Which was quite impressive to me. And when she tells me she's a doctor, I was like, wow. <laughs> and we're the same age and I'm thinking... Wow, you really did something really impressive with your life. Uh, dang. Like, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. And I've had witnesses be nervous to talk before, but okay. I have never had anyone more nervous than she was. Really? Yes. To say was that, that she was the- nervous is an understatement. And I couldn't quite figure out why. And then she said, do you mind if I smoke? Well, yeah, I kind of do, but it's her house. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what can you say? And so Just, she pulls a cigarette, and her hands are, like, shaking. Like, she's so nervous, even to smoke. Her hands are shaking when she's going to light the cigarette. Wow. And she starts telling me the story. I'll just fast forward, but it took her a very long time to get this out. Okay. And it was really dramatic. And, and she would talk to me a little bit, and then the phone would ring. And she'd talk to me, and she was explaining that she was caring for My client's name was Ali, who is an immigrant and a very successful businessman from the Middle East. Okay. Very thick Middle Eastern accent. I hadn't met him at this time. Okay. So she explained that she was dating him. The reason that she was so cryptic, when I finally, like, get it through the crap and all the stress of it, what I learned is that she was his wife's doctor while his wife was dying of cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh is right. They started having an affair while she was the doctor to his wife. That is a complete violation of the Hippocratic Oath. So she's worried about her medical license. So she's, you can imagine, now it makes more sense why she's so nervous talking to me. Yes, absolutely. Then his wife died of cancer and they continued to date. But because of how their relationship started, they were still dating secretly. They okay. hadn't come out in public because they didn't know how to explain how did you guys meet because they thought it would be so totally obvious that they had been involved right. before. Yeah. So Which they makes hadn't sense. been able to get yeah. past that. Okay. And then she explains to me that she grew up Mormon like me. Not only grew up Mormon, she had been very active in the Mormon church up until a year before when she met Ali. Okay. And in fact, she was so active in the church that she had a leadership role in the Relief Society and the Women's Organization. Okay. She was part of the presidency. So she would teach Relief Society. It's like she was very involved. Wow. And now I'm looking at this woman sitting there smoking. And I'm like, what? 
like, wow, okay, you so, have come a long way in a year. Right. So let's clarify this for a sec, just for people who aren't. So if you're an active member of the Church of the Latter-day Saints or the Mormons, there is a document. Word of Wisdom. Word of Wisdom document mm-hmm. that says don't drink, don't smoke, don't drink coffee. It's pretty, you know, don't cheat on your family, which, you know, that kind of stuff. Which reminds right. me of that Adam Ant song from the 80s when I was in junior high. Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? <laughs> we don't do very so, much. So <laughs> we, put, we make a lot of jello. Okay. So, yes, we do. <laughs> so, so just so you know, so for her to be. For her to be very active, and then all of a sudden she's having an affair, and now she's—I mean, it is like there are some major turns, major like, and and people that aren't involved in the church need to understand that that's—it's shocking. It's shocking for me to hear. I was shocked to hear that she'd been active, but while she's telling me this stuff, her phone rang a couple times, and she'd talk very cryptically with someone and kind of whisper, and then happened a second time. I thought, you know what? I'll bet that's Ali. I'll <gasps> bet that's my client calling to tell her what to say to me. And that oh, is witness tampering. Number. Like, oh, no, you don't. No, you uh-huh. don't do that. So I thought, I'm not going to say anything yet. So we keep talking and she explains like, yeah, my life, I really, like, I never drank. I never used drugs. And now I do both of those things. Wow. And then the phone rings again and it's Ali. And I whisper to her. Is that him? And she nods her head, yes. I hold my hand out to take the phone. She hands it to me and I said, Ali, you do not know me, but I am your private investigator. I am working for you. You cannot talk to the witness. This is the woman that has a case against you. I guarantee you, I have without even reading it, I knew that his pretrial release restrictions were that he couldn't have contact with her. Well, of course. This is the woman that has charges again. Yeah, that's just common knowledge. And I said, you can't be talking to her, especially about what we're talking about right now. And what is she thinking? She's called to say, I'll talk. Oh, wait. She called Jack and said, hey, I'll talk to you because I'm a witness for the... The complaint? Yeah, Yeah. I'm the person pressing charges. Yes. But then now that you know this, it's like, wait, does this make you feel like this is a setup? I don't know what the hell's going on at this point, but I know okay. something, it's Makes messed you wonder. up. It yeah. is messed okay. up. Yeah. So okay. I hang up and I said, look, he cannot be talking to you. Like this cannot happen. He will go to jail for this and he will sit in jail until he goes to trial. Like you understand that, right? And she's like, no, I didn't. But yeah, that's good to know. I was really feeling pressured. And I said, okay, look, lady, I am here on. to find out the truth. Whatever the truth is, that's what I need to know. He is not going to read my report. So whatever the truth is, you tell me. This is for his attorney to prepare for trial, not for him to read. This is for us to know what really happened. Right. So she says, okay, because I never used drugs or drank or anything before, and I was active and I was living a better life, then I started drinking and doing all this. And she had a job at a prestigious hospital in Salt Lake City. And she was on call for the hospital. She said, I had been using drugs, drinking, and I was unconscious. They buzzed me to go to the hospital. I missed it. I missed the page. So I didn't make it in. And she said, when I came to, I was in my bathroom, like next to the toilet in my bathroom. 
told you she has long, beautiful, curly hair. And uh-huh. she said my hair was like in the toilet. Oh, no. And then I saw the page that I'd missed and I knew like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. So the hospital had put her on probation because of that. You okay. do not miss a page from the hospital when you are a doctor. Like, that's just no. not cool. No. So she was in a and, lot of trouble. Cool she was worried. So many levels. So many like levels. People's lives are at risk, like at stake. Like yeah. get your happy ass Seriously. there. Yeah. Yep. And wow. you're on call. What are you doing drinking and using drugs when you know you're on call? Right. Even if you had been awake, like I don't want you making a medical decision for me when you're in an impaired state. No, not so, at all. Because she was freaked out about that, she asked Ali if he she said, Look, if you ever call me and I don't answer, please, like, check on me. I don't usually do this stuff, and I am scared that I am out of control, that I, like, I'm in a bad way, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. So yeah. please, like, help me. Right. So Okay, now I have a question. On the drug thing, he introduced her to it. So was it recreational drugs that they did together? Was it something that he... Was supplying her with? Uh, do, do we know any of those details, or do they matter Prescri- to the case? It didn't matter to the case, but I later learned it was prescription stuff and alcohol. Okay, so narcotics. Okay, and she was recently divorced. She had a seven-year-old son that she shared custody with her ex-husband of the son. Okay, now we're going to the incident of why I'm at her house. Okay, one night she has her son with her. She's drinking, doing too much. Her son's asleep. She passes out and doesn't answer the phone. Ali calls her. She doesn't answer. He calls her again. She doesn't answer. He continues to call. She's not answering. He gets worried because, remember, she said, if anything happens to me, please help me. me. Come help me. Right. Yeah. So he comes to her house, and she said he broke in the door. And I said, well, wait a minute. You live in a secured building. How did he get in the front door? And she said, oh, he bought this condo for me. And I said, wait a minute, you're a doctor. Right. Why are you having some guy buy their condo for you? Like, what? Right. Why are you doing that? Right. And she said, I know, but I lived in a different place. And then, and I I wasn't sure at this point, and I still am not, whether he was partially responsible for her divorce. And so that was part of it. That would make sense to me. But but I'm not, I don't know that. Right. But she said, because he bought the condo for her, he well, had, he had access to it then. He had access to that front secure door, but he didn't okay. have a key to her place. So he got okay. in the front door. When he got to her place, he banged on the door, banged on the door. She didn't come. And so he broke the door in, which is okay. the splintered wood and stuff that I saw when I came in. And But that makes... And then, that makes- so much more sense than someone trying to break in to kill you or something, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. But He's thinking he's checking her life, saving her life. Right? Yeah. She hears all this commotion, and now she wakes up, she comes to the door, and now he's decided, oh, you're awake? And you didn't answer? You must be in here with a man. So then he shoved her to the ground and said, who are you here with? And this wakes her seven-year-old son and he is a witness to this. Okay. So that was the incident. They talk. He leaves, and she calls her sister, and he's, she's telling her sister about this. Being a good sister, her sister was like, hey, you that can, is You don't have crap. to take that. 
Shit, yeah. Yeah, you are not doing that. You need to call the police. He broke in your house, and then he shoved oh. you to the ground. I don't care what reason he had. Like, that right. was wrong. Right. And your son saw it. That is a charge all in itself. So, and she said, Stephanie, if you don't call the police, I'm going to. So the sister says, Stephanie, either you call the police and report this, or I will. And Stephanie okay. decided she'd better, so she calls and reports it. That's how... It we get to this place. So we talk, and she explains, like, and she's just so messed up, like, shaking, talking to me, like nervous. Like, drugs messed up, or just, like, having a nervous breakdown? Just how, emotionally, yeah. How did yeah, I get like, here? And I'm, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I graduated from college, but I didn't go to medical school. But here's what I know. You can do hard things, because you made it, not just through college, but True. medical school. Right. Like, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get um, your life together, girl. Like, yeah. this yeah. is not cool. No. You, this can't be the life you want to be living. No. And she's no. like, no. She she admits, she's like, no, it isn't. This is not how so I want to live. So she's pressing charges on him attacking her after he did a wellness check kind of a thing. Kind like of, pushing yeah. her so down. His charges, okay. So his two charges were this, breaking and entering. And domestic violence in front of a child. Okay. For okay. Shoving her down in front of a minor. Okay. So. Breaking and entering so, though when she told him to come in? Right. Or because he kicked the door in. Okay. All right. Be- I going. think because he kicked the door in. Okay. So I said, look, here's the deal. You guys cannot talk until this is over. And she's like, what am I going to do? I, like, I said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to use this time to get your life together. Stop using yeah. narcotics. Stop smoking. Stop drinking. That, like, alcohol's a depressant. No wonder why you're messed up. Like, come right. on, girl. Right. Like, I, look, you can do this. You went through medical school. You've done right. hard things. You can do this. Okay, I have a question on this relationship then. They're in a relationship because he's coming to check on her. Now she's pressing charges. So... Do you think that she, and you keep saying medical school, which is so true, and she's highly educated, but that doesn't affect the emotional. So she's caught up in the drugs <laughs> Very true. And, the, and the relationship, and I can't live without yep. him. What am I going to do without yep. him? And so she's in a panic. Okay. Yep. You're catching on quickly. Yep. True Dead to on. Shelley's form. Yes. Yep, <laughs> You're am. on top of this. So we talked for a while. I give her my card. And I actually really did feel personal connection with her because we had some of our basic core beliefs that were the same. And right. I and and I was like, look, this is not you. This is this can be you. That because how many doctors do you know that live like that? I don't know. No. Like doctors yeah. like this is no, you are a better person than this. Mm-hmm. Use this time to get your life together and then you uh-huh. can help Ali get his life together. But the way you the road you two are on is does not seem like a healthy road to me. It, it's like a hell bent for leather kind of a thing. You're gonna crash. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, you're gonna crash hard. You are very, very prophetic here, Shelly. Right. So I give her my card and I said, You cannot talk to him. He cannot talk to you. So if he calls you again, now this is before texting. This was like a number of years ago. I was 35 then and I'm 36 now. Okay. (laughs) It's amazing how many years can fit into one. (laughs) It is. No, it was 18 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. I'm 53 now. So it was a while ago. Okay. And I said, 
look, here's my card. Call me if you think of anything else that you need to tell me that you forgot. And I do this with every witness I interview. Here's my card. If you think of anything else, call call me. me. Because you you never know. Like people will suddenly call me and give me like the biggest piece of evidence that just knocks the case out of the park. So I always do that. I give her my card. And this, remember, this is Friday. Well, I heard from her a couple times over the weekend. She's like, he keeps calling me. And I said, just let him leave a message. Don't. Don't answer. She's like, he's called me a couple times. Uh, look, we'll handle it. I'll take care of it. I'm going to let Jack know on Monday what happens. Yeah. Like, that what's happening here. So, But it's got to stop. Yep. First thing Monday morning, I'm at Jack's office because Ali has a court date. Just a roll call where they just show up. They have to okay. just show up and say, like, I'm here. I haven't fled the country. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm at Jack's office. I let Jack know, hey, this new client of yours, whom I had not met. I said, look, I grabbed the phone, told him you can't talk to her. And then she called me and told me over the weekend that he'd called her a couple times since then. He's not believing me. And Jack says, well, I'll tell you what, we'll put a stop to that. Good. Ali gets there. Jack takes Ali and I. We go sit down at his conference table. And Jack is sitting across from him. And Ali is like wearing like a very nice suit. This guy is very well dressed. He looks like he's got some money. Okay. And Jack says, let me tell you something. I know what you've been doing. I know that you've been calling this witness. And you know the pretrial release terms of this, your probation terms. You cannot have any contact with this witness. And he said, you effing call her again. I'm done. I will not represent you. Do you effing understand this? I mean, it was like harsh, tough language. It felt but, like he but needed needed to me. I was actually sitting at the head of the table and these guys were sitting on either side of me. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, wow, like Jack verbally slammed this guy against the wall, pushed him around. And I was so fascinated to see how this guy who is at least at some level a bully, my knowledge okay. at that time, how he would handle. I mean, this is the guy that pushed Stephanie around. And right. now how's he going to handle this when? When big somebody's pushing Jack him around, right? Pushes him around, and he suddenly became Mr. Humble. I am so sorry. And he had a Middle Eastern accent, spoke English very well. But he said, I am so sorry. Like, please, please, like, I, no, don't quit. I need you as my attorney. I didn't know the rules. Be, like, pretending like I hadn't told him that. Sure. And, and he's like, I didn't know the rules. This will never happen again. So. We go over to court, do the roll call appearance, and as I sit there with him waiting for his turn to go in front of the judge, he's just kind of whispering like, man, I can't even believe I'm in this spot. I've never done anything wrong in my life. This is not like me. I can't believe this. I'm a businessman. I'm a very successful businessman. This is not my world. I do, like, I do not want to be in this world. So we get done with court. I hand him my card like I do all my clients, and I say... Yeah. Here's my card. If you think of anything else that I need to investigate, anyone else I need to talk to, please let me know. But you cannot talk to Stephanie. You understand that, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Like, there's not a stronger directive than saying, if you do this again, you'll find yourself another attorney. Like, whether you knew before or not, there's no question now. Duh. Exactly. So a couple days go by. I get calls from Stephanie. She's like, Pamela, I miss Ollie so much. Like, I really need to talk to him. I am really sorry. Remember, this is your time. Like, 
get your life back together. Get back on track because you cannot talk to him. Okay, I have a question though. If she's that sorry, can she just drop the charges? She could, but I think she had a lot of pressure from her sister, remember? Okay, okay. And what I know is if she just refuses to testify, they're not going to have a case. I'm not going to tell her that. Right, but... I'm not going to influence her, manipulate the case like that. No, right, but if she's that upset that she misses him so much and she's caught up in this crazy thing, she can always just drop the charges. That's her legal right, correct? Yes, yep. Okay. And not you that know, we that want doesn't her mean, to. No, yeah. not that we yeah. want her to. And even if she'd said, I want to drop the charges, they could still proceed with the statement they already have from her. They okay. most likely won't, but they could. Okay. After that, then I get calls from Ali. I miss her so much. I, I can't live without her. I'm so worried about her. I said, I know. And he said, look, I'm the person that checks on her. And he told the same story about that time that she was on call. And then she said, hey, I'm in trouble. I'm on probation now at the hospital. I could lose my job. I could lose my license. Like, please, like, help me. And he said, I'm the one that helps her. You have to let me talk to her. And I said, hey, Ali, this is not my call. These are judges' orders. I didn't do this. You just have to follow this. Like, if you, Uh the faster you guys get through this, the faster you can get back together. Christmas approaches. I get a call from Stephanie saying, Pamela, could you please ask Ali if he could give me $10,000 for Christmas? (laughs) 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 I'm like, (laughs) you're like, can we have 20 and I'll take 10? Like, what what are you even saying? I was like, what? Um, I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, you're a doctor and you should be making enough money. You don't need extra money for Christmas. (laughs) Second of all, $10,000 for Christmas. What in the world are you buying, girl? Like, back off on Christmas. And yeah, exactly. And third, like, no, not just no, hell no. I am not asking him for $10,000. Yeah, no. I was like, no, no, no. If you ask him for $10,000 right now, that could be extortion. That you're trying to extort money out of him to get a favorable testimony. And if he gives you $10,000, that could be considered bribery. Hell no. No, no, no. That's not going to well, happen. I, and she's I'm like, not, oh, I don't I know don't what even, I'm going to do. I, Girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so were you caught off guard as much as I was caught off guard when she said, could you ask him for $10,000? Like, I would have swallowed my tongue. I would have been like, uh, uh, uh. I was stunned. I, yeah. First, I'm thinking like, man, this is not the world I live in. No. I would, I don't spend $10,000 on everyone I know for Christmas. And I really well, love people. Like, me too. Really... <laughs> me too. But, but no, that's not, that's not my world. Let me ask the man who I've filed charges and pressed charges against, <laughs> right. who can I have any contact with, could you just give me $10,000 for Christmas? Wow. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, I want so- her as my doctor either. No offense. Just like. Right. Okay. That's so my personal she's, thing. Sorry. And she was actually on probation for her license because of the missing, the on-call thing. 
Mm -hmm. And they filed a Doppel complaint against her, which is the Department of Professional Licensing in Utah. So she needed a lawyer. So I referred her to one of the lawyers that I trust. I said, look, you've got plenty going on. Take care of your world. And I will help Ali take care of his world. Like, yes. And I care about you. I care that you get better. If you need like just someone to talk to or listen, I'll do that for you. But no, I'm not passing a message to... Get 10,000. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Okay. So is this information that had to go to Jack? Yes. And Jack and what didn't was respond his to response? it. Jack didn't respond. He, Jack it, had a lot of clients, was very busy. But I mean, was and, he like, what? Did he respond uh, at all? I sent that in an email so that oh, I could, okay. he had a paper trail. So gotcha. he okay. just, his response was like, no, he can't give her Christmas money. You have Thank to you. know Jack. That end. Like, right. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no, that end. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he even said he can't give her Christmas money was a huge bonus. I didn't expect okay. that much verbiage. That extra sentence. I got you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Christmas passes, New Year's pass. I don't hear much. And I actually heard from her less and less. And I thought, oh, good. She must be doing better. Yeah, she's and getting it together. She's getting it together. The middle of February. Oh, man, it was one of those beautiful snowy days in Utah where it yeah. snowed. I mean, it snowed like a foot of snow. And Saturday morning, so there's not a lot of business traffic. Not And so mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Utah or some other place after a snowstorm and then the sun comes out. I'm not kidding. It's one of the most beautiful things you will ever see. It looks like a Christmas picture. Yeah. Oh, it mm -hmm. does. And it's like the snow, like, it, it's like it quiets the whole mm -hmm. earth. Like it just, yeah. everything is just more peaceful. And mm -hmm. I got up Saturday morning and it had snowed like that. And I was driving to the gym. Now, like new snow and then sunshine, it is brighter than bright. Like the sun mm -hmm. bouncing off that white snow. And I was thinking... Oh my gosh, what a beautiful world. Like, yeah, I am so blessed. This is incredible. And I and left my phone in the car, went in the gym and worked out. And I came back and I'm like, I'm so happy. Look how pretty this is. Uh huh. The sun is shining. And I get in my car and look and I had a missed call from Ollie. Okay. And I thought, okay, he's probably, so I miss Stephanie. But... Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm like high from my endorphins and the sun and everything right. else going mm -hmm. on. I listen to the voice message and Ali says, Pamela, Stephanie is dead. What? Yeah. He said she overdosed and it is all your fault. <gasps> I was supposed to be the person there to prevent this. I was supposed to protect her and help her. And you wouldn't let me. This is oh. your fault. Oh. Stephanie is... And then he's like half crying. And then he hangs up. Like that was the end of the voice message. My heart. Oh. Oh my god! I can't gosh. even imagine the shock. Now is this the true shock. though? It is true. Stephanie oh. was dead. She OD'd. She OD'd. Oh and my gosh. Uh, Shelly, I can't, like, just to go back to this place, I, I was heartbroken. Oh, how could you not I be? was, I was scared. Yes. Because I was the one telling them, you can't talk to each other, you can't see each other. And he, and they were both saying, like, he's the one that keeps me 
from going too far. Like he protects me from right. Right. Uh, overdosing and who will protect me if you don't let me. And then I'm scared for me. Like, oh my gosh. Like, remember, like the second thing he said is, and it's your fault. Oh, wow. I, my thoughts literally went to, oh my hell. Am I going to be facing criminal charges? Did I do something bad? Like someone is dead? Yeah. From from what I felt like was my decision. How could you? Okay, so let's so let's slow this down a little. Yeah. How could your emotional feelings not feel and be afraid? Like that's got to be that fight or flight in our whole body, like scare oh. us to death. Review, review as fast as you can. But yeah. But do you need a minute? No, I'm okay. 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 I'm okay. But let's look at this logically now that there's been some years difference. But if his attorney is saying don't do it and her attorney is saying don't do it. Yeah. And you're reaching out and saying, if you need me, I can listen to you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you can't this, do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still the law that they cannot interact. Right. But of course, that's the logic part. But emotionally, oh my gosh. The guilt that landed on my soul. Oh, like, I can't even whoa. imagine. Like in an instant, it went from like the brightest, most beautiful day to just like, oh Holy my gosh. Hannah. I yeah, can't even like, imagine. Yeah. Oh, and then I call him back and he starts explaining like he's crying and he's angry and he's upset. And, and again, like this emotions. is your fault. Sure. I should have protected her and you wouldn't let me protect her. And, oh my gosh, like, oh, I'm trying to process all of this. And I, it's, it's Saturday. I, I don't talk to Jack over the weekend. I don't, yeah. we, Jack had very, very strict rules when he left, he left. Right. There are other lawyers that I could text and talk after hours. Jack was not one of those lawyers. I know. But in this situation, this changes his whole case. Like, yes. everything changed. Were you well, able to reach out to him? For the defense side, everything changed for the better. No, I know that, but I mean, it would be did, dismissed. did you reach out to him? No. No. Holy I knew man. better than to do that. I'd worked with Jack for years up by this time. I had court first thing, like 8 o'clock Monday morning, I had a trial, a small know, this is, federal trial with Jack. But that's 48 hours later. Yeah. Yeah, it so was, was a long notified? 48 hours. Was he no. notified? Oh, oh my gosh. Nope, he so was not. So you sat with that weight on your shoulders and chest waiting. Oh, and I was scared. And then I think, well, wait a minute. I didn't do anything I'd wrong. I was following out. the law. I, yeah. Oh, it was it was a lot of stress. And, wow. And I could not wait for Monday morning at 8 o'clock to be at court with Jack. We were in federal court just in in front of a magistrate which is not like the district judge but it okay so it's a smaller case okay but the we were in trial so it was pretty intense and I had witnesses coming so I had a lot of responsibility I was trying to coordinate and I remember I had new shoes on and as all you and men too when you put new new dress shoes on sometimes you have to break them in and it hurts yes and you'll uh-huh. get blisters and stuff so I couldn't wait for our first break so that I could tell Jack what happened. I mean, I am literally like just counting every minute. How much longer before we break? How much longer? How much longer? We finally get a break where we're not with the client or his family or anyone else on that case. And I right. can tell Jack, hey, Jack, guess what? You're not going to believe what happened here. 
yeah, it, the alleged victim in Ali's case is dead. She overdosed and died. And I'm like so emotional. And Jack looks at me and he says, So, what do you want me to do about it? <gasps> what? And I'm seriously like, I'm like almost in tears. Like, well, and I'm trying to be tough because I work with the biggest badass attorney in the state. But I'm like, well, I, I thought, I thought you'd want to know. Like, I was worried because Ali blamed me, and and Jack just like walked off. He's like, ah, don't worry about it, and just walked off. And I was like, wait, wow. what? Yeah. Uh, so no emotional support at all. None at all. And wow. We're walking down the stairs because, and Jack would always take the stairs at the courthouses instead of elevators almost always we were taking stairs and I have these stupid shoes on and I'm having a hard time keeping up with them because my feet have blisters and they're hurting and we're walking back to his office and Jack, I am so emotional and Jack is like just being a jackass and Jack Mm -hmm. says he's so removed yeah he's like look why are you walking so slow because I usually walk really fast I think right. the emotions, the shoes, everything, yeah, I was compounded. definitely uh-huh. not myself. Right. And the blisters on my feet. And he, I was like, man, these shoes, like, I have, like, they're new shoes and they're, they're hurt. And he said, I said, I know. Why don't you trade me shoes? And then I will walk fast and I will complain that you are walking slow. And he got so mad and he's like, look, I'm just, I'm going to go get lunch. I'm leaving you. I'll <gasps> talk to you later. I... And you know what? You'd think I would just be sad that he was so mean, but he was so mean that I just thought, good riddance to you, man. Yeah, I need a break from you too, obviously. I really need a break from you. He didn't give me any comfort to it, to any of this. Of course, Ollie's charges get dismissed. That criminal case, over, instantly. Did that happen immediately on Monday? I didn't have to be part of that, so he just filed a dismissal and they let, let the prosecutor know the victim died alleged victim died and so you have no case and they dismiss the case i am still freaked out i'm still stressed right emotional and mm-hmm. ollie kept calling me and he would cry and he'd say like hey no one knows not like my family doesn't know how close that i was to her because of the way our relationship started. Sure. I don't yeah. have anyone else to talk to. And he said, look, no, I am you're pain- a cheater. You've cheated on your, yeah. So yeah. People wouldn't says, know. I feel so horrible. I am going to pay for her funeral. He, and he would, t- he was telling me all about like, she always wanted me to buy her a ring so that we could get married. And I never bought her a ring. So I'm going to buy her a ring. And then the next thing I heard, I bought her a ring. I spent $10,000 on this ring, so I'm going to put it on her hand, and she can at least be buried with it so that she'll at least know that, that I, loved, I her. loved her and I was going to marry her someday. Okay, and as I learned more, what I learned was because she couldn't be with Ali, she was with another doctor at the time, and this doctor had written a prescription for 80 Percocet Oh, that day. And she and he were taking Percocet, like candy, popcorn, I guess. That other doctor? Yep, at her house. And she was smart enough to realize, hey, you know what? My heart rate is slowing down. 
and I'm having a hard time breathing. So she called her uncle, who is a doctor in San Diego, and I'm sure she was way messed up. She told him what she was feeling, that she'd taken some Percocet. Probably didn't tell him how many she'd taken. Right. And the uncle said, you've got to get to the hospital right now. Go to the ER. You need help. And the doctor she was with panicked and took his prescription and left her. And that's how she died. But here's what's interesting. As, As Ollie would... Horrifying. And as Ollie was talking about this stuff... And Ollie he was telling story? Me, he knew this story. Ollie knew this story. Because he was talking to the family and stuff. And here's the other thing. Ollie said, you know, she had a cold when she died. And he said, she never even got over her cold. She died before her body could even heal from a cold. And I was like, wait a minute. That's random. How do you know that she had a cold? <gasps> well, we were talking. And I'm like, you sucker. Okay, yeah. I have a question, though. What happened to that other doctor? Did the family press charges? I heard that he got in trouble with Doppel, but that he made What's it through, Doppel? but ultimately Department of Professional Licensing. Okay. I think because he took his prescription, this is my guess, because okay. he took the pills with him when he left, they could never prove that that prescription that he wrote for her was the prescription that killed her. Oh, wow. So, I mean, wow. it just kind of, you connect the dots and you go there, but... Proof? But there's no, no place to go. Right. Wow. I learned that he later left the state, which I was totally fine with. So right. wherever you're listening in another state, I'm sorry if he went there. <laughs> because right. I'm, but but I am glad he's not name? here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't give you his name or anything mm-hmm. else. But yeah. I can't tell you where he went. I went to Stephanie's funeral. I felt so much responsibility. I felt I wanted to connect with the family and say, hey, I wow. knew Stephanie. I cared for her. And I was also scared because I had been blamed for it. I went to the funeral, but I met the viewing first and I wanted to talk to the family, but I didn't want to talk to the family. I was so torn because I was afraid that they might blame me like Ali had blamed me. I didn't know what they knew, how much they knew, how much they didn't know, what her sister thought, what I didn't know any of that, what her parents thought. And I wanted to give my condolences. I'm so sorry. Ah, like this sucks. Like she shouldn't, this shouldn't have happened. Right. But I didn't want to get in trouble to be blamed. I did like I was, it was a crazy situation. And I also had this really intense curiosity to know if he really bought that $10,000 ring. He said he bought her. Okay. I am sorry to do this to you, but this episode's long. So I'm going to cut it right here. You got to listen to the next episode to find out. Did he do it? Did he give her the $10,000 ring just to be buried in a casket? Thank you for listening to Pamela Private